The trip to Colorado does not start well for the Phils as they fall 6-2 to two last night in Denver. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, April the 19th. Is unfortunately, we come off a loss yesterday from the Phils, but when you look at the two games prior, the romp of the Mets on Tuesday and then the really emotionally contested exciting finish on Wednesday to the day game and then they got to hop on a plane and fly all the way to Colorado and go out and play baseball against a Colorado team that is uh now 7 and 12 but really struggling needing a win also coming home for that game so not surprising it's one of those uh, games where when you look at how the schedule shakes out it's not surprising to see the Phillies Lose Zach Eflin, not bad, you know, out in the uh, the Colorado uh, Colorado Airs, where Eflin goes six innings, seven hits, three runs, only two of them earned, a couple walks, uh, excuse me, three walks, only two strikeouts. He wasn't great, but considering the Colorado part of it, I thought he did a a solid job, uh, you know, at least early on, especially, and kind of faltered late. Kyle Freeland also for Colorado did a terrific job. He's a really good. Left-handed pitcher, as we saw yesterday, but um, uh, unfortunately, the offense just unable to get it going. As uh, McCutcheon goes over for Kingery in the two-hole again, uh, you know, had success obviously the last few games. We've talked about him as potentially being the greatest player in the history of baseball, only slightly facetiously. But uh, over for for Kingery uh, yesterday in the two-hole, Bryce Harper over three at walk. Harper has struggled. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Reese Hoskins over three, you know, Romuto, um, uh, scores the only two runs for the Phillies last night with a two run homer and opposite field shot is real Muto is locked in at the plate. He's got, got his average up to 277 after it being, you know, in the hundreds relatively early on. He's been great lately. Really the number one hitter along with Kinger in the offense over the last week, week and a half for sure. Cesar Hernandez actually also has been really good lately. He goes three for four yesterday, but uh, Roman Quinn and Roduba, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Oh, for four, uh, Michael Franco for four, just a uh, rough night for the offense. The bats didn't travel yesterday to Colorado. And obviously it's especially disappointing when you're seeing the team play in Colorado, you love to go out there and get the chance to have some fireworks to hit some home runs, hit some bombs. But that was not the case last night as, again, the Phillies shut down Kyle Friedel and goes six innings, allows no earned runs. He was awesome. He's a really talented pitcher. You could see it when you watch him. Even in Colorado, he gets the ball to move and um, throws some Heat as well. Uh, Freeland was a uh, uh, really a hard hit for the Phillies yesterday and shut down that offense again incredibly effectively. And uh, Eflin pitches solid enough, but uh, you know even his outing wasn't enough to to match what Colorado's pitching staff was able to do. Jose Alvarez another rough outing, just uh, uh, one uh, only gets one out, gives up a hit and a run, just uh, really. It feels like when Jose Alvarez comes in the game, and it it almost feels like you're conceding the game, because he's just so frustrating and as as just really felt shaky every time out there. Victor Arano, who had looked great 
since coming up from the minors did not look great yesterday. He gets into a jam, ends up giving up a home run, two earned runs, a uh, shot by Ryan McMahon, a two-run bomb in the seventh inning from Murano. He gives up, and uh, and Nicasio comes in and pitches a a clean eighth. But uh, really, uh, again, a frustrating game on multiple levels, but. At the same time, I'm at least somewhat willing to shake it off to a uh, a flight out to Colorado and getting ready to play a game the next day after a hard-fought series with the Mets after playing seven or you know six straight days of baseball, your seventh straight day. Not that surprising at all. Getting used to the Colorado air. I think we'll see a better Phillies team out there tonight. Is Vincent Velasquez will take the hill, unfortunately, against what I think, who I think is Colorado's best pitcher and one of the best pitchers uh, in the National League right now. Honestly, Herman Marquez. We'll get to that coming up. But for now, just looking at where the team is coming out of Colorado or heading into Colorado, 11-7 and on the season. Still good enough for first place in the National League East. Only up by a half game, but still... Um, uh, I've been playing good baseball, obviously, but a bit Jekyll and Hyde offensively. Bryce Harper, I, I mentioned the struggles. He's hitting below 100 over the last couple weeks. and uh, Excuse me, below 200. <laughs> below 100 be aggressive. Still, below 200 uh, over the last couple weeks and has clearly just not been as locked in as he was to start the season. And you'll see that with Harper. He's the type of hitter who'll go through some slumps like that, but... Then he'll get hot and carry the team for a few weeks. A lot of great hitters are like that, to be honest. Reese Hoskins, we see that with him as well. He's pretty cold right now as well. But we're also seeing that this offense uh, has the ability to pick those guys up, even the lower part of the offense. Kingery, Cesar have contributed lately. Romuto starting it. So I don't think you have any worries about it. And the great thing about Harper and what we're seeing and what makes him so valuable on a certain level is that even when he's struggling, even when he's not seeing the ball as well as he did and has and will, uh, even when he's going through one of those slumps, he always gets on base. The man is just an on-base machine, and as a result, he's providing value even while he's slumping, which is something that, that honestly, there are not a lot of players who do that? You know, it's a, a rare, a rare feat to be able to provide value for a team while in the middle of a big slump, and that's something that Harper can do because he is so adept at getting on base. Obviously, look, we saw it in the 14-run uh, game against the Mets. He scored three runs in that game, and he's uh, he's just struggling. So, um, it's really great to see how he's able to kind of continue to contribute even when the bat isn't there, and then when the bat's there, it's just like, oh my goodness. He's going to take over. So, uh, look, a frustrating loss last night, but um, I think they get back at it tonight. It'll be a tough one. Marquez is a great pitcher, but I think uh, I think they find a way to at least get to the bullpen. And, and you never know in Colorado. Sometimes the ball isn't breaking the way the pitchers want it to be, and it won't matter. It's just a, a track meet to see who can score the most runs. So we will see what we get later tonight. We'll dive into that a little bit more before then. Um, a couple notes we just mentioned uh, prior to yesterday's game. Odubel Herrera placed on the 10-day injured list, and Roman Quinn called up to the majors. Quinn back got the start in center field, as mentioned, went 0 for 4. 
Um, but Quinn back, uh, apparently, according to Gabe Kapler, Odubel's stay on the IL is expected to only be 10 days to be the minimum. It doesn't appear to be any sort of serious injury. Um, almost a way to just bring Quinn back and get Herrera a rest and bring him back after, you know, they got a stretch again of, of a lot of baseball in a row here. Also, uh, with that move, you know, we get to see Roman Quinn come back, trying get an opportunity to stay on this roster. Ultimately, when Herrera comes back, he'll take over center field again, as he should. And it'll be a question of whether Roman Quinn or Aaron Altair earns his way onto the roster. I think Quinn makes a lot more sense from a roster construction standpoint in the sense that he's a switch hitter who is uh, fast and can pinch run for you and can also play defense really at any position in the outfield, whereas Altair, obviously not a switch hitter, doesn't have the same type of speed as a pinch runner and um, can play the outfield probably any position um, still. But um, uh, Quinn, a little bit more versatile as a bench piece, that's what you're going for. I think either way, Herrera will get his job back when he returns as uh, as well he should. And uh, look, I hope Quinn... Um, I hope Quinn hits and, and takes advantage of the opportunity. Kapler also added before that Segura could be out a uh, the next couple days. So maybe after the Colorado series, potentially we get Gene Segura back. And then we have the questions about how often will Scott Kingery play? Where will he play? Kingery flashing some leather a little bit last night. Shortstop also uh, might add a player too that wasn't as great, but really did make some nice plays. He's really grown as a shortstop from when he first started playing it last season. And we wonder why Crawford wasn't playing it more. And, and ultimately Kingery's athleticism and his baseball instincts and his fielding ability really, um, on display over last season, learning how to play at the shortstop at the major league level on the fly, really an impressive thing when you think about it. And he's turned into a really solid shortstop. And he obviously has a cannon of an arm that, that makes it work as well. So nice to see Scotty getting the opportunity to play a little bit more now with Segura down. And when Segura comes back, it'll be interesting to see. Um, with Cesar starting to hit, Cesar's been really good. You know, he's been one of the better hitters in the lineup uh, over the last week and a half or so. And Franco obviously has continued to hit. So. Uh, it's going to be the, one of those where do you find the at-bats, opportunities, spots kind of thing. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Kapler manages it. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really fascinating thing because Kingery, if he continues to hit, and obviously didn't do anything yesterday, but in general has been great. If he continues to hit, he'll earn his way onto the field. But if Cesar hits a Franco, it's what do you do? So it's going to be really interesting. And uh, either way, I think, look, it's a good problem to have. And I always find that, especially in baseball, with the grind of a season that it is, these problems generally tend to work themselves out, whether it's through injury or someone will slump and, and it will feel natural or whatever. I feel like these things generally work themselves out, but you know, the worst case scenario is you have guys who are, who are good on your bench and, and nice weapons to use. And, um, you know, for now at least. So, uh, again, a good problem to have, but I do think that, uh, ultimately it will figure itself out as, as King or if he keeps hitting, they will find a way to play him. They'll find a way to play him because he's a, uh, higher upside player than either, uh, those other two guys, uh, and also 
someone who I think is, you know, very clearly based on the historic contract they gave him coming out of the minors, um, a, uh, a long-term piece for them and their plans. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We're certainly going to keep an eye on it. And Kingery will be in the lineup the next couple of days as Kapler said with, Kapler, with uh, Segura out. All right, coming up, we're going to take a look at the standings where the Phillies sit in the NL East and the National League. And then some stats as well as uh, we haven't taken a chance to look around and see uh, who's out in front right now. And then also we'll look ahead to the Colorado series the rest of it coming up hopefully hopefully the next three games are better than the first we'll talk about them coming up next as well it's phillies today it's james seltzer we're coming right back we are back phillies today james seltzer coming up in a little bit we'll look at to the rest of this colorado series again vincent velasquez and herman marquez tonight we'll get to that coming up First, a quick look at the standings in Major League Baseball. We'll start with the National League. As mentioned, the Phillies still sitting atop the National League East, a game up uh, on the New York Mets, and a, uh, a Washington is a game and a half back of the Nationals. The Phillies sitting at 11-7. and seven. So They were one up on the Mets, one and a half up on Washington, two up on Atlanta as it is a... Uh, a close race in this division. This division doesn't mess around. It's going to be intense all season. These teams are going to beat up on each other. And um, it's going to be fun to watch. It's fun to have that fire back as, you know, hating the Mets again, hating the Nationals again, hating the Braves again. Because for so long in this city, it was it was so much fun to have these enemies in baseball. And unfortunately... Over the last eight years since the team was really contending and really relevant, it it, it kind of wanes a little bit naturally. Um, so uh, it's great to kind of have that that uh, sports hate back. And I think it's going to be a, a hard-fought division this year as all four teams are pretty good. And they're going to beat up on each other. Right now the Phillies at the top, but I think that could change. Back and forth all season. Ultimately, I think the Phillies will finish at the top as well, but it's going to be a dogfight to get there. Looking at the NL Central, surprise on top. The Pittsburgh Pirates. They are technically tied win-loss-wise with the Brewers, but they have a winner, better winning percentage at 10-6. and six. The Brewers at 12-8 and eight have played four more games than the Brewers, um, than the Pirates, excuse me. The Pirates, 10-6. and six. The Brewers, uh, how about that Christian Yelich? My man is having a monster start to the season. Nine homers already. St. Louis and uh, the Cubs and Cincinnati after that. Cincinnati, the only one really starting to fall out of it early. The West, the Dodgers out in front with the Padres right there. Then Arizona after that, San Francisco and Colorado, even with the wind still down in the cellar of the NL West. Nationally, uh, excuse me, American League, you look at it. How about those Tampa Bay Rays, the best record in all of baseball at 14 and 5. They are such an impressive team put together. So, you know, you 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 wouldn't think that the pieces they have should work uh, as well as they do and they do. Our old buddy Charlie Morton is killing it for them. The Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows trade that brought those guys in there. They've been awesome. Kevin Cash is the best manager in baseball. Watch out for the race. It's not a fluke. Tommy Pham, they stole him away from the Cardinals. 
What a great organization. They're playing great ball. It's nice to see. Uh, that whole division, otherwise, is under 500, which is crazy. The Yankees at 8 and 10, the Orioles at 8 and 12, the Blue Jays at 8 and 12. And then how about those Boston Red Sox at 6 and 13? They are eight games out of first place, which is the most that any team in any division is out of first place. That is absolutely wild. The Central, the Indians out in front, the Twins right behind them, the Tigers, White Sox, Royals after that as they're kind of clumped up there. The White Sox and Royals four and four and a half out. They're the furthest out. And then the AOS is going to be a fun one as the uh, Astros out in front at 12 and six. Then Seattle right behind them, Texas, Oakland, and the Los Angeles Angels, the only one under 500 in that division. But uh, it looks like a, uh, a fun early race, uh, a few races we have going on here as uh, hopefully the Phillies can pace theirs or continue to pace theirs. Also, quick look, I wanted to take a very quick look at the uh, stat leaders and the big categories. We haven't done that. We've talked some Philly stats, but we haven't really looked at who's leading in all the uh, the big categories. Oh, Cody Bellinger's leading in all of them. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But Cody Bellinger is having an unbelievable season out there in Los Angeles. He is your batting average leader. He's batting 432 on the season. Um, after that, how about Jeff McNeil, that, that New York Met right behind him? Tim Anderson's over 400. Jorge Polanco. Carlos Santana's batting 389. Yes! That Carlos Santana, the one who was here last year, he's batting 389 so far for the Indians. Um, Mike Trout's up there, 366. So some uh, some impressive numbers there from a batting average perspective. Looking at home runs, and of course, this is across all of baseball. Cody Bellinger also out in front there, tied with Christian Yelich and Chris Davis, all those guys in double digits, which is crazy to think about. After that, uh, Jock Peterson, Marcelo Zuna, Jay Bruce, some of the names up there. Jose Altuve with uh, seven homers on the season already. Um, but uh, Bellinger, Yelich, Chris Davis, Chris with a K, pacing the way so far out in front, all in double digits. We've seen a lot of home runs here in Philly. Think about how many of those guys have, uh, how many uh, they that they have seen. Uh, Yelich and Bellinger pacing the league in RBI. Domingo Santana out there as well, having a great year in Seattle after getting traded out there. A lot of low-key trades that have been impacting the race, like the Austin Meadows one and uh, and that. But um, that's um, it's uh, interesting to see uh, kind of where some of these teams are at. Looking from a pitching perspective, um, harder to kind of get a read on on uh, things like wins and whatnot because, you know, four, uh, Tyler Glass now is four, which is crazy, and Marco Gonzalez uh, in uh, in Seattle is four. Um, a few guys with three, a bunch of guys with three, so it's kind of cluster right now. Looking at ERA uh, for the leaders, Joe Musgrove, 0.81 ERA, leads Major League Baseball right now. Max Fried, that Atlanta Brave, has only had a few starts, but at 0.92 he's up there. Glass now again. Glass now having a great year so far. And then uh, you look at strikeouts. If I had to guess, when I look at the numbers, it is not Tyler Glass now. How about that? Blake Snell, uh, who heard his foot tied with Jacob DeGrom, Matt Boyd, Garrett Cole. And, and again, some guys have had more starts than others, so it's hard to really get too excited. But um, it, it, just to uh, take an early season look, we haven't looked at any of the stats so far this year. So uh, nice to see 
All right, uh, let's pivot. Let's uh, look ahead as the Phillies and the Rockies will continue their four-game series with three left to go tonight. We will see Vinny Velasquez take the hill against Herman Marquez. As, look, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, the, the Rockies definitely have the pitching advantage in this one. Carl, uh, Herman Marquez is awesome. He almost threw a perfect game his out, uh, last outing. He was just lights out. He's a just a dominant pitcher. He's a big dude. He looks imposing. If you're going to watch the game tonight, you're going to enjoy watching Herman Marquez pitch. Unfortunately, it's going to be against the Phillies. Uh, on the flip side, hopefully Velasquez can go out and continue the momentum he's had with his first two starts. He's been obviously better than I think than a lot of people have expected and, and has looked better, has worked better, it seems, on the hill. So, fingers crossed. Hopefully Velasquez can keep them close so the Phillies can take advantage of uh, the bullpen or a tired Marquez or whatever because they do need to hopefully take two at least out here. And hope, and look, who knows, then maybe they can sweep the next three, but I'll take two. Saturday, look, Aaron Nola against Antonio Sentenzela. He is the worst of the four Rockies pitchers the Phillies will face out there. So Nola needs to give him something. This is a big start for Aaron Nola, as, uh, at least certainly for the fan base in Aaron Nola. We need to see Aaron get back to what we want him to be, as uh, it has been so disappointing, obviously, lately. And a big start look in Colorado. I'm not going to kill him for anything that happens in Colorado because it's just so tough to pitch there. But uh, it really would be nice if Nola can go out and, and even do what Eflin did last night, six innings, three runs. I take that from Nola right now as that would be useful. And then Sunday we'll finish it out in Colorado as uh, as Jared Eikhoff will make his first start of the season for the Phils. He will take on John Gray, talented righty for the Rockies. It'll be nice to see Eikhoff get the start. His first start, obviously, in a long time after all the injuries he went through. He's a great guy. That'll be very, very cool to see. All right, one more note before we head into the weekend. Yesterday was the uh, anniversary, 1987, of Mike Schmidt's 500th home run. And just a, a quick ode to what the 500 club used to mean. I know that's kind of changed a lot with the whole steroid era of baseball. And it seems like, you know, the numbers clearly don't matter like they used to. But I know that when I was growing up and for anyone my age or older, that they'll appreciate that the 500 home run club was a sacred thing. And that's why when Schmidt hit that homer and Harry had that amazing call that that's why it was special. That's why it mattered because the 500 home run club was something special. It was what Ruth was in. It was what Mays was in. It was what Aaron was in. And obviously those guys, six and 700 home run, but it was what Mantle was in. And Ted Williams was in and Willie McCovey and all these great hitters, Reggie Jackson. And I, and you grew up knowing these names. Mel Ott was in the 500 home run club. Jimmy Fox. Like, you know, you remember the names, you remember the players because it mattered so much, and and that's something that I do kind of miss about baseball. That those numbers don't have the same impact that they used to. Uh, numbers will always matter in baseball, and they'll always be fun to talk about and fun to reminisce about and think about. But the 500 home run club was something that used to really matter. And when Mike Schmidt hit that home run, and our guy was a member of that elite, elusive, hard to reach club, elite, elite home run hitter club. 
it was really a great moment. And Harry, of course, captured it perfectly. And uh, it's awesome to relive it. And shout out to Schmitty uh, in 1987 yesterday. All right. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully the Phillies can make us feel good with some great play in Colorado either way. We'll be back to talk about it on Monday on Phillies Today. So thank you for listening right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.